Am I on? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, hello, how are you all doing? I'm just so honored to be here tonight. Uh, Pastor Diana told me to share my story, so I don't know um, if you all, any of my ladies know my story, but I have the mic now, and Pastor Keith is not here, so I can tell my story, amen? So I appreciate you all giving me that time. But, um, you know, I appreciate the praise team. You all did such an awesome job. Amen. And, you know, just like they were singing the song that he's given us beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. And so God came to save man. And just like Pastor Diana, I really appreciate you trusting me to share my story. I love you and I love Jessica and I love the uh, Jacobs family. They have been a blessing in my life. And, and the reason why is that God orchestrated us, Pastor Keith and I, to come here years ago, and I needed a pastor. I needed someone that was teaching me the Word of God because of what God had brought me from. Um, and let's turn to Romans 15, 13. 15:13. Uh, I wanted to share uh, my story of coming out of depression. And I know at this day and time they call it mental illness, um, and it is. It's a mental illness, but only God can deliver. Uh, only God can put you right back in your mind. Yeah, Medication uh, can only do certain parts, but the mindset it w is what needs to be changed because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Yeah. And the only way you're going to know who you are is through the word of God. Yeah. You're not going to know who you are, what man says about you, or what anybody else says. It's only what God says about you because you are valuable. We are valuable, and when God created us, he created all of us with a purpose. He, had, he created us with a plan for life. And even though we were yet in sin, a lot of us, I don't know if some of you all think you all were not in sin. I know I was once a sinner, <laughs> saved by his grace, and I just thank God for the birth of Jesus. You know, I still look back at the birth of Jesus because I know a lot of you all get involved with trees and gifts and things like that. I get involved in the redemption. I get involved that Jesus came to earth to save man because when I was in sin, I needed a savior. I needed someone to deliver me out of confusion and helplessness. Uh, gifts couldn't have saved me. Nothing that you said could have saved me because mentally I was not there to hear any of it. So I just thank uh, God for Jesus coming before I was even born, that he came down here to die for me. And this is what this says in Romans 15, 13. This scripture has really been a blessing to me. Now, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost came to give us power to abound in hope because it says when we were yet in sin that we were without hope. And there was a point in my life, and I wanted to uh, get back, uh, I think I was maybe about 19 years old, um, and I had a nice life, it, like some of you all think that you do, and I, had, I was young, you know. <laughs> Pastor Keith and I were dating. We, I had been dating him since I was like 15 years old. And so I had everything. And so as we moved on in life, we went to college. So I was in college. I had a car. I had a boyfriend. Uh, and everything that a woman needs, okay? <laughs> but one day, I woke up, and life was not the same. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have anybody come in my life and tell me what it was. Um, and so I was telling Candace today, I said it was just kind of like a cloth, a, a cloth coming from your head down to your feet, and it was eventually taking over my life. 
And what, what I ended up doing, I didn't know that he was the God of hope, but I just so, I'm so thankful that he had hope lined up for me. And hope is a confident expectation of what God had promised. And that comes from his word. Uh, and Pastor Keith and I, we were, we we're talking about the family a lot. And sometimes our children, they find out how we live, you know, just through our preacher, you know, because they, they think we were saints, okay? And I didn't want to bust their bubble. So I said, yes. So when they find out that I've done things in life, when they find pictures of, of Keith and I, you know, the, with a bathing suit on, and we, they were like, Mama, uh, you, you weren't supposed to wear something like that. I said, that's what I was in sin. I was not a saint. But they think that I was a saint all of my life because since they've been born, I've been a saint, you know? But I was once in sin. And so Pastor Keith sometimes, he, he, he lets something out of the bag, you know, about our old past life. But during this time in my life, uh, Pastor Keith and I had tried living together, you know, and, and some things as a parent, you know, you have to watch that a lot of times you're, the siblings are looking at what you allow the other siblings to do. And you don't think that, and you're just thinking that the devil is against your child, but so many times that's a role model for them. And by Pastor Keith and I dating and things like that, he eventually got his apartment. And so I wasn't thinking about it then, but it was just something that, you know, once you get tired, you just sleep over and you just sleep over again and things like that. And I remember my mom saying, Cynthia, are you going to move in with them? Because I had brothers uh, that had already moved in with their girl, you know, wives before they were married. So it wasn't nothing for me. And I said, no, Mom, I'm not doing that. Well, something that I thought was going to bring me joy brought me misery. And so many times you're thinking to do things wrong is going to bring you joy, and it's not going to bring you joy at all. And the more we lived together, the more miserable I got, the more uncomfortable I got. And I remember that I even questioned Pastor Keith about going to church because I'm deep down inside I'm thinking, what's the point of church? I was raised in the church. I, I sung in the choir. I, I was on the usher board. I was doing a lot for Jesus, okay, doing a lot for Jesus. <laughs> But I was not saved, okay? I was a member of the local church. <laughs> and some of you all might feel like that too. You know, you don't join, you don't become a child of God through works. And that's, I didn't know that. Because as a member of the church, you had to join the church in order to be a member. They said nothing about salvation. They just said, if you want to be a member of the church, come down. So I joined the church. And uh, so during this process, I remember when Keith and I were living together, I said, you know, let's stop going to church. And I remember him standing up and said, I'm not, stop, I'm not stopping going to church. And he said it so adamant. I said, see if I ask you again. <laughs> so I said, I might as well go on to church myself. And so this is just ways that the devil is really trying to get into my life. He's really coming in slowly. So I remember going um, to church, I mean, to, to work. And, and I just started feeling some kind of when I was in school. And I remember telling a young girl in, in college, I said, you know what? I think I was trying to figure out how to bring joy to my life because I felt that I was stepping out of joy. And I said, what I think I'm going to do, I'm just going to maybe break up with, you know, Pastor Keith. He wasn't a pastor at the time. Right, he wasn't a pastor. So I said, well, I'm going to call him Keith, okay? I said, well, maybe I'll break up with Keith, and then I could just, you know, just start dating. And maybe that's what I need, you know? I've been with him since I was 15 years old. You know, now I'm 19. And so the young lady looked at me. She said, why would you want to do that? 
And so I'm thinking, wow. See, if I tell you anything, I mean, <laughs> I thought she was going to be for me. But that was just something that the enemy was, I was really trying to find that answer to life. So then I wanted to increase sin in my life. I thought maybe if I just increase my clubbing days, maybe if I just increase, and I ain't going to tell you all what days I went to the club. I mean, I increased the clubbing days. When I went and I found out there was another day, I said, maybe that's what I need. I was getting to the point where I was going to the club by myself and driving home, and, it, and, and then that made me miserable. I'm thinking, I can't even have a friend that's going to go to all these nights with me. And so I thought, okay. Then I thought if I increase other areas in my life that that would bring me joy. And some of you all think that as well. Some people think that if I increase this area, increase that area, that's going to bring me joy. Well, it's not about, it's, it's happiness that you're really attaining. It's not joy. Because joy is the fruit of the spirit. Joy is inside of you whether things are going good or not. But happiness is something external that you're looking for. Happiness is something that you're trying to add to your life to make yourself smile. And once you obtain that, you're no longer happy. You get the house you want. You get the car you want. You get everything else that brings you happiness, but that doesn't bring you joy. Joy comes from God, and it is the fruit of the Spirit. So no matter if you wake up or go to sleep, you still have joy. I still got joy. Sometimes we sing songs. I still got joy. And so anyway, I, I just remember that part of going to school, and I remember going to work. So on my job, I just remember not being happy on my job. So every area that I was going in, I was not happy. Every time I would go to school, I wouldn't be happy. When I went home, I wasn't happy. So when you find yourself like that, there's only one thing that you're lacking, and that is God's presence. That is the only thing that I was lacking that I didn't know. And so when I went to, uh, went to work, and I remember telling a young lady at work, I said, um, I'm just feeling some kind of way. We didn't use that word back then. I'm just trying to use that word now, y'all. I just feel some kind of way. And so the, <laughs> one of my coworkers said, well, what you need to do is talk to this lady over here because she's going through some anxiety. I kind of expressed to her that it was kind of like anxiety or something type of worry or something. And she said, well, go to her because she just came back from the doctor and maybe she can tell you the doctor that she went to. I said, okay, I'll tell her, try to find out what doctor she went to. So I went to the doctor and uh, met with him. And so he kind of understood what I was going through. So he gave me some medication. It was antidepressant medication. So I'm still feeling it. I'm still not better, but I'm still taking the medication that he gave me. Well, when I'm at school, in college, I'm, I'm not feeling, I mean, I'm feeling some kind of way. So I, I went to school and I was irritable. And, and, and when, before this time came, you can tease me, because I would tease you. I would put my foot out in front of you and make you trip, and you know, that was a norm. Well, during this season in my life, it was not a norm. It was not a joy at all. And that's what they say mental illness people go through. They go through so much emotional. They go through sadness. They go through this. They go through that. And that's exactly what I was going through. But nobody was around to save me and to deliver me, just like Pastor Diana said. Because what God is doing on the inside of you is what he wants you to do to others. It's not just for you to keep it to yourself. It's for you to share the good news with others on what God can do. And so I remember going to school, and this young lady uh, irritated me. We almost fought in school now. That's a, and it really wasn't me because you're looking at the inside and you're looking at the outside. You're like, this is not me, but this is the way I have to go because you're, de you're demonically possessed, okay? So I remember my, school, my uh, professor coming out, and he knew me. He said, Cynthia, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. And I was just blaming it on her, and it was so wild in the room that my classmates had to hold me back well, I'm trying to get to her. Really, I, I don't want to get to her, okay, because I'm thinking I don't want to do it, but she don't understand. 
Then I remember, <laughs> and then I remember going out and I was driving, and I was driving, and this is not normally uh, the way I handle situations on the road. And you know how somebody, you know, you have the cars across the street and you're across the street, and then their signal helps them to turn left, and then all of a sudden their signal stops and you can go. Well, this lady just turned on my signal, and I'm like, okay, she gonna do that, okay. She, she don't realize I'm not in my right mind. Y'all don't understand, I'm not in my right mind. So I put the accelerator, and I pressed the car to charge at her car, because I was just trying to keep straight. The lady gets out of her car after she makes her turn, and she jumps out, and she's all, and it's raining, and she's all out in the street, and she's telling me, you know, uh, you know, she, what, what was I doing, and you had no right to do that, and I'm out in the street, you know, saying something back. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> this is not me, but okay, we'll go for it anyway. And so the last thing she said, she said, I got your license plate. I said, well, keep it. I don't care what you do with it. <laughs> So I'm thinking, man, what is wrong with me? This is not normal. So I remember, to, uh, you know, it got to the point where it got so bad in life that my mom even told me, she said, Cynthia, tell the doctor what you're doing, what's going on in your life, because everything wasn't working. You all, I was not sleeping. It got to the point to where I stopped going to school. I stopped working because the spirit of fear started coming up on me so heavily that I could not stay by myself. I could not be at home by myself. I could not drive. I had a car. I couldn't drive it. You know, and that's what the curse is. The curse is, it said you will have children and not enjoy it. You have food and you won't eat it. Well, I had all of these things, but I couldn't get to it. I could not obtain it. And so I remember when I told the doctor, um, I said, I, I, I'm sleeping. I can't sleep. Everybody else is going to sleep at night. I can't sleep. And so that was even stressing me out. And I'm thinking, the news is on, and all I'm doing is just stand up at night watching. So I'm miserable. Now turn to this scripture with me, because uh, in John 10.10 10 says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I did not know I had an enemy. I did not know I had an enemy, because in Ephesians 2, it tells you that when you're without God, you're without hope in the world, and you're open up for all kinds of things in this life. And I did not know I had an enemy. I went to the pastor, and I told him about my situation. He said, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're going through. Inside of me, I'm having no hope. I'm not having any hope at church. I'm not having any hope in the doctor's office. I'm not having any work at, I mean, any hope at work. So everything is just turning around in situations. And so when he said this, um, he said, uh, I forgot the scripture that I was going to tell you to turn to. But anyway, what happened is when I got the, to that situation in life where everything was at a standstill, I can see the fear getting in on my family. And then that started concerning me because I thought this is not right. I knew within myself, I said, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. I said, I don't like these thoughts that I'm having about myself. I'm, I don't see a way out of this situation. And so anyway, my sister got saved, and she got born again uh, overseas, and her husband normally stays overseas and never comes home to the States. And so she said, Cynthia, she said, um, she called one day, and she said, Cynthia, I'm saved. I'm no longer out in the world. Um, you know, I will no longer be doing the things that I was doing when I get back home. Because when they normally got back home, we normally would party. We normally would do drugs. And Pastor Keith knew it, and he hated that time that when she would come back because he said, I know what y'all are going to do. Well, during this time, I was so happy 
because I didn't feel like doing it no way. I wasn't in the mindset to be trying to party and kick it up with her. So I said, okay, that's fine. And I told, my, I told Pastor Keith at the time, I said, you know, Janice is changed. I said, because she's no longer wanting to live that life anymore. And, of course, Pastor Keith and I was saying, uh, Oh, okay. Do you all have a picture? Oh, yeah. Uh, the picture. Is that what you're saying? Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So, anyway, when now, so when she, so this is an Esther in my life. She is an Esther for such a time as this. And that is what you're going to be in the lives of women. You got to understand, you're going to have to pursue what the plan that God has for your life because someone else needs what you have in your life. And my sister had gotten saved, and she became an Esther in my life. And so when she realized that when she came back home, she said, Mom, how is Cynthia doing? And she said, Cynthia's not doing good. I mean, I didn't go outside for days. I couldn't go outside. And if my parents went somewhere, I had to go with them. I am an, an adult. And I'm having to go with my parents, and on the inside, I'm saying, this is not right. I was not born like this. I was not raised like this. I am ready to fight back. But nobody gave me any tools to fight back in. So she, when she was up in Fort Knox, she happened to go to Fort Knox, and her, um, the pastor, she went to a church like this, where they laid hands on the sick, they cast out devils, and I was not raised in a church like that. And so she knew that I needed to get to her church. So she said, Cynthia, you need to come where I am. Well, of course, I can't drive. So I had to find a designated driver to take me up to Fort Knox, and that person didn't have license. <laughs> but I needed to get a ride, okay? So I just said, okay, we can do this. If you drive, I just hope we don't get uh, pulled over by a policeman because I mentally, I mentally can't help you. Because <laughs> but if we can get there, we can do good, you know? So the whole time I'm just nervous and I'm just shaking, thinking, oh, God, help us. I hope we don't get pulled over. And so anyway, we get there. Now, she told her pastor about my situation, and I didn't realize it then. And they had a prayer line, and so they said, you know, if you want to get prayed for, why don't you come forth? So she, I came forth for prayer. The thing about it, I had never had anybody to lay hands on me before. And when I went up to the prayer line, I saw people falling out. I saw one lady laying hands on people, and I'm like, okay, so what are they doing? So, the, and so I'm getting ready to try to find my sister, and she was in the uh, altar ministry. And she's going around the church just doing things. I wanted to ask her, do I have to fall out like them? Because I need to get ready. I mean, I don't know how to do it. But, so do I fall out like them? What do I do? I mean, why, why am I up here? What is she going to ask me? So as soon as I turn around to this lady, she lays hands on me. And the power of God came on me, and I just fell out. I fell out by the power of God. And instead of getting up off the floor like y'all do here, I was crawling. I was crawling. I don't know where I was going, but I was crawling, honey, trying to get up off that floor because demonically that demon just was in me and I was just trying to get free of what was on the inside of me. So when I got up, I kind of felt freedom. When I got up, I felt different. And so the pastor's wife after church asked me, she said, Cynthia, she said, I did not knock you down. I said, I know you didn't. I said, because I went down because I was trying to figure out how to get down for you. I was trying to figure out how to get down on the floor. And I ended up on the floor. So I knew at that moment that the power of God was in existence. Because I don't know how I got down there, but I got down there.
And from that point on, I knew that I was getting better, okay? So my sister invited me back to church again, and she said, Cynthia, I want you to come down for New Year's. Well, New Year's, I'm normally in the club. I mean, I don't bring the New Year in the church. I was a sinner, okay? Sinner's sin. But at this time, mentally, I didn't care where I was. Okay, where are we going to go? <laughs> Just take me where I need to go for freedom. That's all I need is freedom. And so I didn't care that I was in the house of God. And so the pastor, at the end of the service, I don't remember anything that the pastor said. And, God, and that's why Jesus said, some people will have ears to hear, will have eyes to see, and they will not see or understand. I could not mentally understand what they were saying spiritually. And then I remember the pastor said one thing. He said, why don't you give your life to Jesus? And I'm like, and he said, uh, you tried everything else. I'm like, okay. Is he talking to me? I mean, who is he talking to? Because I know I done tried a lot of stuff. So uh, I said, okay. I said, you know what? And I told Jesus in my seat. I said, I'm going to give you um, my life. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If you don't work, I'm giving you up too. Because everything else I tried did not work. And this man is telling me to try Jesus. And I'm going to try him. And if he don't work, I'm giving him up. But I'm telling you, that day when I gave Jesus my life, I became a brand new person. And that's one thing that you don't realize is that when, G, when you make Jesus your Lord, he comes on the inside of you and he makes all things new. And all things became new in my hope. I got hope and that's why I said he is the God of hope. And it says that he will fill you with joy, all joy and peace. In believing, so now I have the peace and the joy on the inside of me. So it's not, it doesn't matter how everything looks around me because I got the peace and the joy that I need. And so what I started doing then, I started, I didn't know this, y'all. Now, this is just how good God is. I did not know I had the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I did not know that I needed to be mentored. I did not know that I had to read the Word of God. Nobody told me anything, but I had a passion and a desire to start doing spiritual things. And I remember when I was riding back home with this person that took me up there um, after I gave my life to Jesus, and I was a, cur uh, you know, I used to cuss. And so a plate, uh, this plate went on the floor and I cussed. And, and I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry, oh my God. And he, they looked at me, they like, what is wrong with you? I said, I gave my life to Jesus and I told him that I was just gonna give everything up. And I ended up cussing, and they were like, okay. Because, I mean, a sinner ain't going to see that you need to give anything. They don't understand what you're doing anyway. But on the inside, nobody told me that. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I was living the wrong kind of life. And so I ended up, when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I went to make him my Lord. I went to try the life that he provided for me. I wanted to come out of helplessness and confusion. I wanted to come out of sickness. I wanted to come out of the demonic activity that was taking my life. So I was willing to give it all up. And that's what Jesus said. He said, you need to give everything up and follow me. That's what he told the disciples. And when I look at those disciples and I see the life that those disciples live, they had some things in their life, just like you said. They were sinners. And they were living a helpless and a careless life. And when they Jesus came on the scene, they needed a savior. And that's why it was so quick for them to follow. Because I kept wondering, why would they follow Jesus doing the fishermen? But this is a, I don't know if you can see a difference in how I look then and how I look now. <laughs> I mean, you know, to me, I feel the, 
huh? the tall one, because Pastor Diana said, which one is you? I said, can't you see the tall one? And Pastor Keith is always telling my, uh, the people at church, he said, when I saw Cynthia go across the campus and she was bald-headed and she was skinny, honey, God was doing a new thing in my life. I don't care. He was doing a new thing in my life. He was strengthening me where I was weak. He was building me up, you know, making me strong again. And so when I did that, this is what I did. And I'm encouraging you as women of God, no matter what you're facing right now, God has a plan for your life. No matter what situation that you're up against, no matter what season that you're in right now, thinking I have no hope, because hope is confident expectation of what God said that he would do. And if you have put your faith in that and you said, but I don't see changes in my life, you're going to have to continue to press to that mark to where God is. you got to continue to press. That's what Philippians said. But one of the things I, I started doing, I started giving myself over to the word of God. I shut myself up in the room, and I said, I want my mind back. And as I was looking at the word of God, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that's why that's an awesome scripture to me. It says to present yourself as a living sacrifice. And I needed my body back. I needed my mind back. And the only person who gave me my body back and my mind back was God. So I was willing every day to offer myself as a living sacrifice because in Acts, it says in him you live and you move and have your bed. Now I understand where my purpose came from. At first, I didn't know I had a purpose. So as I was reading the word, I realized I am valuable. He said that he even knows the numbers of, uh, of hair on my head. He said when the birds fall to the, uh, to the ground, he even knows that they fail. So he said that you are valuable. And so when I look at my life through the word of God, I found myself. When I saw Jesus healing the sick and casting out devils, I saw me. I saw that he was bringing life back to me. And so what I ended up doing from that moment on, and then I started praying, okay? And I'm going to give you two scriptures on the prayer and the, and the word of God because there's a transformation in both of it. When you're praying and when you're spending time with God, you are being transformed into his image. It's not just a word, ladies. It is a real thing that's taking place. As you're listening to the word now, there are things that are being transformed on the inside of you. We get transformed into the image of God. And so we got to understand, I need the transformation. I don't need to stay the same. I don't need to be conformed to the world. So in this walk, you got to stay either transformed or conformed. If you're not transforming yourself by the word of God, you're being conformed. If you're not reading the word of God every day, you are being conformed whether you know it or not. You might say, Pastor, I didn't go nowhere. Yes, you did. Mentally, you went over there in the world's way of doing things because God said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of my mouth. And so every day that you get up, you got to realize, I got to have the word of God in order to function today. I don't know how to think right. I don't know how to act right. The only thing that can give me that is the word of God. And so when I did that, you all, I'm telling you, God just transformed my whole life. And in, in uh, Isaiah 61, let's look at that, Isaiah 61. And I quoted that when I um, came in here, but I just want to let you all look at this. Because whatever situation that you're facing, God said that he would turn that situation around. In verse 3 it says, um, let's look at verse 1. The spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to them that are bound, 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. What is Zion? What is temporary? Huh? The church. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So we as women of God shouldn't be carrying heaviness. We shouldn't be carrying mourning. We shouldn't be allowing those things to stay in our lives because Jesus said that he hadn't given us the spirit of fear, of anxiety. He said, but I have given you power, love, and a sound mind. So you have the power on the inside of you to go set others free. Because somebody like me needed somebody, whether it was in my school, whether it was on my job, whether it was at the church, I needed somebody to lay hands on me and to set me free. I should not have had to go two hours away to get hands laid on me. I should have been able to come around you and then you should have been able to say, what are you going through? You shouldn't have to offer me medication alcohol. You know, that's what people are offering nowadays. Just go drink this or just go take this. Those things are not going to settle anything in your life. That is going to keep you dependent upon that. I sleep now because he said that he will keep me in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. I don't try to go to bed thinking and worrying and stressed out. If those things come on my life, I give myself over to the word of God. I meditate upon the scripture that I need, and I find myself going to sleep. Amen. Psalms 127, he said, it's, it's too wrong for you to stay up late and to wake up early and just eating the bread, of, you know, all of that. So I have to remind myself, because when God sets you free, the devil says that he comes back. He says that he comes back, and he said, if he finds that your house is swept, empty and garnished, guess what he does? He brings seven more of the cousins with him. He goes tell his cousin, come on, I got a place where we can go. And you know what? They're not coming in my house. They're not bringing me back. They're not taking me back to that dead place where I was. I refuse to let anybody take me back to that place. So when Pastor Diana talked about me going to the women's prison, I was without hope. I was in sin at one time. So for me to go share the good news with them on what God can do in their life, and they have made mistakes just like I have made mistakes, we have no right to judge people in sin because you were once sinners too. But what you should do is get yourself out there and tell people what Jesus can do for them. Because the world, we needed a savior. We needed somebody to deliver us and to set us free. So that's why the church needs to stay in revival. Because there are people that are hurting during this time. That's why I appreciate you ladies coming out and responding, you know, to the conference. Because it's letting God know that I am seeking you. I am pursuing you. You have to keep that spiritual life flowing. Because the enemy is trying to wear you out. It says that he will wear you out so that you will not pursue God's plan for your life. And so what you got to do, you got to understand, I will not be worn out. Now, if you need to take a nap, take a nap. I, I still encourage the people in my church, if we're coming back to an evening service because with Dr. Jacobs, take a nap. If you know we're having a three-day service, cook some food through the week and make it, put it in the refrigerator and then come. Don't uh, discount yourself out of spiritual things. Add yourself to spiritual things. Do what you need to do because God is faithful. He is faithful to you, and he deserves everything that you have. Everything that you have, he gave it to you anyway. You didn't get it yourself. He gave that to you. And so, when, but at the end state of all of that, I needed to walk by faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Nobody taught me about faith. 
So I'm learning this through the word of God that God can pick me up and turn me around. He said, forget those things which are behind and press on to those things which are before. And so I knew to do that by faith. I didn't nobody taught me that. But I, need, I wanted to get back out. I wanted to drive my car. I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to go back to work. And even my job paid me, you know, without work, which was great because I still need to make my car payment. I still need to pay my learner's car. You know, I had learners back then. I still need to make that payment, you know. I still got bills. <laughs> I didn't have light bill, water bill, but I had some little bills that I still needed to pay. So I thank God for that. But what happened is that every step that I took was a step of faith. My parents didn't, were, the, the, were not there to encourage me. Nobody was there to encourage me. It was just me and God. So God told me, he said, you know what? You can do this now. He said, you can get back in your car and you can start back driving. That was the most fearful thing in my life because I had stopped driving because of fear. But now I have the power and love and a sound mind. And so the devil ain't going to make you think you got a sound mind. But I was fighting. I got a sound mind. I am not in fear. I am not in torment. I can drive this car. So when I got in the car, I had to drive maybe three miles to school. And I said, I'm just going to take a stop sign at a time. That's how mentally, because mentally I had to get back on that road, and I thought I can do this. So I went back, and, and so I finally made it to school. And guess what? When I got back to school, I was a different person. The person that they saw struggling, the person that they saw angry, the person that they saw doing this and doing that, I was a total different. It was a resurrection, honey. It was a resurrected life. So when I went back to them, I started preaching to them. They said, what? I said, oh, yeah, I'm ready now. I didn't know anything about God at first when I was up in here, but I know everything now. I'm learning his ways. I'm, learn I'm ready to get you saved. I was, I was talking to the Church of Christ people. I was talking to the Baptist people. I mean, I just had it like that. I said, I'm ready. I was going back with a vision to give somebody else hope because these people were dying, and God did that for me. And so when I got out of the class, you all, then fear tried to get back on me again. How are you going to get home? I said, I'm going to get back in my car, and then I'm just going to take one stop sign at a time. <laughs> So I made it back home. And so when I made it back home, I was just so happy. I was like, God, thank you, because I'm driving again. So then I had to start over the next day. I had to use my faith the next day. So the life that I live is a life by faith. It's not me that's doing it. It's God in me that's doing it. That's why when I get up in the morning, I offer myself unto him, because he's the, he fills you up. He fills you up, and I need that infilling every morning. I don't think that I'm sufficient of myself to do anything. I don't think that I can wake up in the morning with a sound mind. He has given me that sound mind, and I just, I'm just so thankful that I have peace like a river, that when everybody else is confused and everybody else is worrying, I have that peace in my life. And that peace came from God because he said, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. And so I appreciate that. And so when I went back to work, all of a sudden they knew, okay, Cynthia's back. Now I'm totally different at work. So I'm ready to preach to them at work. And they were like, okay, really? I was like, yeah, I'm a new person now in Christ Jesus. Y'all got any questions about God? I can do it. I even got my supervisor saved. <laughs> she was Church of Christ. And she said, I want what you got. I said, oh, come on in the bathroom. Come on your break. 
come on in the bathroom. We can talk in the bathroom, you know, because I learned even by the Spirit of God, you don't just go to work and just mess up the work environment and start preaching about God. There's a time to talk to him about God, and there's a time not to. And so I knew to respect her office as my supervisor. I didn't want to get her in trouble, and I didn't want to get in trouble. So I said, well, let's just go in the restroom and do that. And so then when I went back home, I started preaching to my family. Letting them know what God can do in their life. So God just turned everything. So here I am today. Here I am today standing in God's presence today. He picked me up and he turned me around and he placed my feet on solid ground. But the same person that he tried to end the life of, because suicide is prevalent. And that was one of the things that I had to deal with was suicide because I couldn't be left alone. I didn't want anybody to leave me alone because if you left me alone, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I had to be around people. And so that was a care upon them to take me everywhere they need to go. So I, if, if my parents had to go somewhere, guess what? I had to go to my cousin's house. Here I am. I'm at your house right now. I mean, you know. <laughs> so that was not a joy just for me to live like that. And so even Pastor Keith, he, ha he has that testimony. He said, Cynthia, when I came to church, your dad saw me. And uh, he said, Cynthia's not doing good. And he said, he, she's not, because I told you I broke up. We broke up, right? <laughs> so I didn't see him, but he didn't know what I was going through. And so I was going through that. But he came, you know, Pastor Keith was raised in a church all his life, too. And so he come to my house with a Bible. <laughs> now, he claimed he preached to me. And I cried. I said, now, now, I know when I cry and when I don't cry. I don't remember you preaching a word to me. If you did preach it, did not give me a hope. If anything, it put confusion, it put confusion in your head about me because you left. I mean, why would you leave if you, I wasn't even delivered. Can you lay hands on me and wait to see a deliverance or something? But he claimed that he preached the gospel. I said, no, you didn't, honey. You came and probably looked at me and realized I can't do anything. So, but... But so, uh, so from a, so Pastor Keith and I ended up getting married, and uh, and I thank God for that. But then we moved up here, and that's how we got here to Church on the Rock. Is that we were looking for a church because it was so important for me to be in a church to where I can get hands laid on me. If the devil came back to attack me, I needed somebody anointed by God to lay hands on me and to set me free. I wasn't all there in the bag of chips. I knew I needed somebody to help me. And so when Pastor Keith and I were looking for a church, we were looking for eight months. And he finally asked me, he said, Cynthia, what do you think? How come, why are you not thinking that we need to be a part of that church and this church? I said, Keith, I need a church where the power of God exists. He didn't even know what I was talking about. He'll tell you today. I don't even know what she was talking about. But, but I appreciate him listening to me because I just couldn't go just inside any church. And so when we came to Church on the Rock, Pastor Jacobs was preaching on the name of Jesus and what you can do in that name. We had never heard a pure word like that. We had been preached to all of our lives, but we had never heard somebody expound from one scripture to the next, one scripture to the next. And you know what? I was hearing that word, and the devil came to me and said, you think you can really handle this word mentally? And I said, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this word. And so the more I was coming back to church, the more I was being washed, the more I was being cleansed, the more God was waking me up to be the woman of God that I need to be. So being in the right church is very important, you all, 
Because like I said, you have an adversary. You might not even realize that you have an adversary. And he comes back to you to check on your well-being, to see how you are today versus how you was yesterday. So that's why you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent in what God is doing in your life. Now look at this scripture. When I talked about being transformed, uh, look at um, Matthew 17, 1 through 3. 17, Matthew 17. And I hope this has helped somebody while you were here because God turns situations around. And you know, when I see people, sometimes people, you know, like the people on the street and they cross in the street, and people say, they crazy, they out of their mind. I say, oh, no, they're not. <laughs> if you can cross the street, you're in your right mind. <laughs> Honey, if you don't have your right mind, you're in a bedroom somewhere locked up. That was, that's somebody out of their mind. They don't have a mind. But somebody that can just stay on a, a, a street land and just hold up a sign, I work or I'm hungry, they're not crazy. They just know you're going to give them some money because your heart is going out for them. And then after you give them the money, they say, God bless you. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's not right. Uh, Matthew 17, uh, let's look at 1 through 3. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. And one of the things when I was reading is you got to take time apart with Jesus. And that's one of the things that the Holy Ghost was wooing me. He kept giving me time to get apart with him, and I didn't know to do that. But I just kept hungering for that time of fellowship with him. But every time he did, I had a, a, a place. I would just go in my room, and I would just shut the door for days to where my family thought I was crazy. And I thought, I don't care. I'm trying to get hope and live. I don't have time to be opening up the door watching television with you because my mind is so important. And even today, I'm not a television person. I cannot watch, and I, it's just me because of where God has delivered me. I cannot watch series with you. I cannot watch that. I cannot watch, you know how people just can watch a show the same time. If I cannot do that because my mind is so important because I think so much of me having a sound mind and being rooted and grounded in God that I can't give my mind over to that constantly because what you're doing is sowing seed right back in your heart. And then all that seed is going to come out of you. So I have to watch how often I watch this. Now, have I gone to the movies? Yes, I'll go to a movie, but I won't keep going back to the movie watching the same movie. But I cannot just sit down every day at the same time and just cut on the television and do that. Because God said your mind is so important. you got to have a sound mind in order to help others out. And so they got a way to pray. And then he said it was a trans, he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. So there's a transformation that comes when you spend time with God. That time is not in vain. And the Holy Ghost is the one that prompts you to pray. So when you get a prompting to pray or to read your Bible, that is the Holy Ghost. That is not you. That is the Holy Ghost within you saying, come on, let's spend more time with God. Let's do this. And this is a new year for all of us. We're in 2021, and you can't live this life the same that you lived in 20. Because what you're going to do is end up the same 20 lifestyle. And I remember a lot of people say, ooh, we're going into a new year, 2021. I said, you know what? Your 2021 is going to still be like your 2020 if you don't change spiritually. You got to change spiritually with God. He's the one that takes you forward in life. It's not the year that takes you forward. It's God that takes you forward. And so then he said this, and behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him and then answered Peter and said, unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. 
if thou wilt, let us make the, the, here three tabernacles for thee and for one for Moses and one for Elias. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. In that time is where God speaks to you. So if you don't spend that time with God, you can't have that communion time, that conversation with God. And he wants to take you places in life. It's just like Pastor Donna said, your destiny is not over. It's always unfolding, but you can't get there without the Holy Ghost. He's the one that gives you the power to make it through every situation. And the devil is going to make sure that he throws all kinds of things in your life. It could be sickness. And, I, and when I look at my life, I think about the woman with the issue of blood. Because Candace had asked me, she said, Mom, once you got hands laid on you, were you just different? I said, you know what? It was just like the woman with the issue of blood. She was still bleeding, but she said within herself, if I can just get to the hem of his garment and touch his garment, I will be made whole. And that's what I said when my sister invited me to come to her church. I said, if I can just get to that church, I will be made whole. And that's exactly what happened when I got there and they laid hands on me. I was made whole. And when I got up off that floor, I still had some things to do. You know, when people lay hands on you, you still got to go home and do some things. Them laying hands on you is not going to keep you free and delivered. That's just the starting point. And then it's your job for your job to keep going after that. Spending time with God and in his presence is where you're going to find who you really are. So the more time you spend with God, the more you're going to find who you really are. You're going to find out the things that are really in you. And that's one of the things that I really appreciated about the Holy Ghost is that he's the one that instructed my life. Because the devil was trying to take God's plan away from me, giving me a no-hope situation in life. So when I look at Jesus coming and I look at his gift on Christmas, I say, he's, he's a gift that keeps on giving, honey. He is a gift that keeps on giving. He keeps giving you peace. He keeps giving you a sound mind. He keeps giving you joy. That will never run out. So when you look at Jesus, look at the gift that he is for you in this life. He wants God's will to be done in your life on earth as it is in heaven. So if God's will is not being done, don't be happy about it. You need to use your authority, and that's one of the things they were singing about. You have to use your authority in God. You have authority, and it comes from the words of your mouth. It comes from the devil fleeing from you because you're using the words. He's not going to flee from you just because you're a Christian. And so I know that for myself. I just can't let a thought come. I have to cast that thought down just like the word of God says. If it comes into an argument with the word of God, it causes me to feel different. I have to cast that down in the name of Jesus. And I have to speak to that. Because Jesus spoke to the devil in, in Matthew 4, 4. He just didn't tell the, let the devil put thoughts in his head. He responded with the word of God. And eventually said that the devil left him alone. So the devil will leave you alone because God has another level to take you into. And so if you're here tonight, and I just want to ask you, is there anyone here, first of all, maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I was honest with myself. I understood that I just became a member of a church. I just joined the church. I was never, I had never made Jesus the Lord of my life. Making him Lord means he's ruling and reigning. It means I am submitted to him. But if you're just going to church, you're doing that by works. Because that's what exactly what I was doing. I was on the usher board. I, was a, I, mean, I mean, but if, if you asked me if I was going to heaven, I could ask you. I said, I don't know. <laughs> Look, 
And you would have thought, what? You don't know. But you know what? Now I can tell you, yes, I am a kingdom kid. I am a child of God. And you have authority over the devil. So if can we get the praise team or somebody to just, um, yes, come up here.